This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, our guest is John Greer, who is a certified exit planning advisor. Welcome, John. Hey, how are you? Glad to be here. Great. So, John, tell us tell us your story. Why is it that you are now uh, an, an exit planning advisor? Yeah, so I got into it kind of by accident. I uh, was actually years ago was in the Air Force with my brother, Jim. The Cold War came to an end at the end of the 80s. And uh, our, our dad was down in South Florida, said, hey, I need help in the business. And at that point, at 21 years old, there was one thing that we knew we didn't want to do, which was work in the family business. But it was a way to get back to Florida. So we did that through a series of, of circumstances. Uh, we actually ended up taking over that business by the time we were about 25 years old. Uh, so we took it over, bought it from my dad, worked it, built it, grew it. Uh, and then eventually we ended up selling it to a private equity backed strategic buyer and thought we were going to retire. So at uh, 51 years old, we sold it, thought we were going to retire. That lasted about a year or so. Uh, actually, it lasted about 30 seconds, but <laughs> lasted about a year. And what happened is people, other friends and, and colleagues just started asking us, hey, how did you guys do what you did? You know, how did you plan for this? How did you do it? So that kind of led me into coaching some people one-on-one, -on -one, which then led us to open our company, the Exponential Impact Group, to help teach other business owners how to do what we did. So in in, in doing this, and it's like, you know, some people may think, oh, well, you know, if you're doing exit planning, that just means you're finding a buyer for somebody's business. Um, but that's not really what it is. Yeah, that's a great, great question. That's a great question and great distinction. We're not business brokers. I am a real estate broker in Florida, uh, but, but we're not practicing as, as business brokers. And really what we want to do is help people become better sellers. In other words, get them as early on in the process as we can to help them really understand what's creating that transferable value or, or what's going to lead to them having a successful exit. And a successful exit is not just a financial exit. It's one that you're happy with, that you're proud of, that 
also support you for the rest of your life if you're going to be retiring. So there are a lot of components that come into it besides the actual financial exit itself. And that's what we we do is we try to help educate people on what those components are. Right. So in, in doing this, you know, when you're when you're doing that the exit planning, you're also helping them get their business to the point where it is sellable and sellable for the most amount of money. Can you tell us what somebody not going to somebody like you to help them with this process? What are some of the common mistakes that the business owners are making? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and what I find is most business owners have no idea what their business is actually worth. Mm -hmm. So just to give you an example, one small business I just dealt with, uh, I asked the gentleman, they they wanted to get out of the area where they're living and they want to kind of go to, to a different type of business younger couple. And I asked him when I first engaged with them, what do you want to sell the business for? And he said, my wife would be happy to sell it for $50,000. He said, I said, okay, what do you think it's worth? He says, I think it's worth 300. And in reality, that business is now under contract for uh, about a million six. So in that particular instance, if he had just tried to sell his business for 300,000, it probably would have sold overnight. No problem. But he would have left close to a million two or a million three on the table. So it's kind of a, some people look at that and say, well, that doesn't make any sense. But reality, most people don't know what their business is actually worth because they've never had a formal valuation or a recent valuation. You know, sometimes what we see is we people have what we call country club valuations. You know, they talk to somebody at their country club that yeah. says, oh, you're worth X amount, or my friend sold his business for 10X or 12X. And it's not really the best way to plan your future, your financial future based on, on that type of valuation. So, you know, lots of times with, with businesses like you, you know, yours that you, you know, you and your brother took over and it, you know, the family business and things like that. Um, I have found that lots of times when, when you do this inherently, there's, there's, you know, issues behind, behind closed doors with the family, um, how do you guys deal with having, you know, multiple owners like that or a family business and trying to to get everybody kind of, you know, rolling the, the boat in the, uh, all in the same direction? Yeah, it's not always easy. So the, the first part is trying to understand what that common vision is. And in some cases, the vision may be different. It was recently working with a company where there are three brothers that essentially aren't really talking to each other. Yet each of the three is trying to go and engage with their own business broker or their own advisor. And it's really, you know, somewhat of a disaster. So what we try to do is get everybody onto the same page from the beginning. And in many cases, it's not just, you know, brothers and sisters or siblings. It's parents with children. It's, it's spouses that aren't on the same page. So really what we try to do is come in and identify what is the overall vision for this you know, if we want to call it an exit or a transition, sometimes people prefer the word, uh, I'm sorry, the word uh, succession or the word transition over exit. Seems like exit is an event where transition is more of a, a process, but we really try to get them all on board with each other as to what that end result looks like. It's not always easy. No, definitely not always easy. Right. So, you know, if, if somebody is thinking, hey, I, I, I want to start looking at exiting the business, what advice would you have for them? 
So the first thing would be to understand exactly what their valuation really is. But with exit planning, we really take a, a three-pronged approach. We look at, number one, what the value of the business is today, not what we want it to be, but what it actually is today. The second thing we take a look at is what somebody's personal financial situation is without the business. In other words, how many assets or what's the value of their assets outside of the business. And then the third thing, which is often overlooked that we take a look at is what do they actually want to do after they exit? In other words, what is their life after exit plan? And the reason for that is the studies show a year after selling businesses, 75% of business owners are not happy with the sale or with their decision. And the number one reason is they're typically bored. They have nothing to do. What happens is as a CEO, as a president, as an owner, people get a lot of relevance and a lot of sense of belonging to who they are, what they're doing, that kind of thing. And when that goes away, yes, you may have a larger bank account, but there's a certain piece that kind of gets pulled away from people. So when we talk about exit planning or transition planning, it's kind of a holistic approach. What is the business worth? What are your assets outside of the business? Financially, do you have the ability to actually retire? Because people forget sometimes how much money they actually earn from their business. They forget about things like the car, the right. you know company paid travel, the cell phones and all that. And oftentimes when you sell a business, your income actually ends up going down. So taking all of those things into account, not just looking at the value of the business. Right. Now, you, you know, you've, you've said a couple of times, um, you know, people don't know what the, the value of their business is or what their business is worth. Um, you know, obviously there's many different approaches to, to figuring out the, the value. Um, what approach do you guys typically use when it comes to valuing someone's business? So great question. And with valuing, typically the valuation is going to come down to a formula, which is going to involve income and a multiple. Normally for larger businesses, it's going to be EBITDA times some type of multiple. And what happens is when, when people realize what that formula is, what most people think they need to do is increase their gross sales or gross revenue in order to raise the income number in order to get a higher valuation. What we do is we look at the business from a buyer's point of view. How transferable is this business? Is it attractive to buyers? Is it ready to be sold? We have a, a bunch of value drivers that we look at to see how dependent is the business upon the current owner? Is there employee concentration, supplier concentration, customer concentration, things like that? Because just because the business has a good income doesn't mean that it's going to be attractive to a buyer. So what we try to do is work on not only taking a look at the income side, but also taking a look at the multiple. And for example, let's say a business will fall in a multiple range between Let's just pick a number here between four and seven. Well, with the million dollars of EBITDA, that's the difference between a $4 million business and a $7 million business. Mm -hmm. So is this business at the higher end or at the, at the lower end? And that's a lot of the things that people don't think of. They think just about the income. Right, right. So, you know, uh, you've written a book. Um, can you tell us about that and kind of what was your, your inspiration behind it? Yeah, so we wrote a book called The Exit Plan, How to Exit on Your Price Terms and Timing. And the idea with that was really to tell our story of what we did over the 30 years. 
And reality, we actually built our business twice. We built it up very nicely. And then in, we say 2008, but for us, it was really 2006, seven, when the real estate market started to crash, that's where the majority of our, our business was. We lost about 75% of our overall business. And when I say 75%, top line 75%, which means we lost all the bottom line, all right. the salaries, all the perks, everything. Right. So after 2008, when we had to rebuild the business, we specifically rebuilt it in a fashion where we weren't just relying on it for income, but we were actually building an asset that had transferable value. So we brought in a team of exit planners and people to work with us to actually be able to create the value, which then led to the sale of the business. So with the book, it's our way of, of just going through and explaining what we did, how we did it, and how other people can do the same thing. You know, I'm a, a, a kind of a teacher at heart. Uh, I taught our previous business was education. So I, I started off teaching real estate and, and property management and things like that. Uh, so I really enjoy teaching business owners how to do what we did. And the problem is there's, there, there is a lot of information out there, but there aren't a lot of people that are just teaching business owners. There are business brokers that want to sell your business. There are financial planners that want to manage your wealth. But we want to just teach the business owner how to do this without having, you know, skin in the game, so to speak, at the end. You know, we want to teach you. We don't want to profit from your actual transaction. Gotcha. Now, in looking at this, how far in advance does someone need to get an exit planner for it to make sense? So in my opinion, the time to start exit planning is the day that you start your business. Now we look at that and kind of laugh because most people don't do that. Right. But in reality, most people as entrepreneurs are starting a business with an idea. They're trying to replace an income that they probably had working somewhere else. So the number one focus is building an income in their business. They build their systems, their processes, everything else around building you know, the highest income that they possibly can. Unfortunately, when it comes time to then sell that business, the processes that worked for you, for example, the other day I spoke to a gentleman and he was very proud to tell me his, his business is doing about 5 million a year gross, very proud to tell me every decision goes through him personally. So that's great, but you've created a wonderful income, but you've created a business that's going to be very, very difficult to sell if everything is reliant upon you. The other thing that people forget is most sales of businesses don't happen on the seller's terms. In other words, most of the time what happens is there'll be some type of a life event that causes somebody or forces somebody to have to sell their business. So what we are, are very big on is planning for that. You, you obviously can't plan for every unexpected event, but planning so that if there is an unexpected event that occurs, your business is in the, the right condition to be able to be sold. You know, in our own experience, we had over the years, two partners on two different businesses that both passed away very, very unexpectedly. Uh, one was a car accident, one was a, a heart attack. And fortunately, because of the planning that we had in place, there was business continuation, the families were taken care of. And I, I'm not gonna say it was without headache because it, it always is, but reality, the business continued. You know, the question I like to ask people is, if you died 90 days ago, what condition would your business be in today? Right. And that's a tough one for a lot of people to answer. So back to your question, when should you start? Easy answer is as early as possible. Right. And, you know, I think 
you didn't say it, but a key distinction is, do you own a job or do you own a business? And I've always looked at it that it's like, okay, if everything is running through me and I haven't empowered my staff to do the things, if I'm not here, or even if I am here, then I own a job. And many people, that's what it is. They own, they own a job because they start out that they're the, the CPA or, or the electrician or the plumber. And they started their business because, hey, I'm tired of working for somebody else. I want to work for myself. And then they bring on people. But the problem is, is like you're saying, it's it's never truly a business. It's it's a job that you get paid for. Um, the, what, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a great point. And what happens with that that's interesting is when you say the word job, most people think, okay, somewhere between whatever, 50 and 200,000 a year, kind of in that range. But there are plenty of people that are in the situation you just described that are making a lot more money. You know, I've got a couple of friends, for example, one is in a photography business. Another one is a, a contractor that builds houses that are both probably in the 600000 a year income range. But realistically, their businesses are not saleable because their business revolves completely around them. So sometimes people think, hey, I'm making a big income. It's not a job. No, it's still a job. It's right. still a job. Right. So in, in that situation, you're, you're talking about that. If it is somebody that, yes, they do have a business, they've incorporated, blah, 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 but it is just them. How do you help someone like that um, be able to exit and sell their business? So if it's, it's somebody in one of those situations, you know, it, it, there, there are a couple of things we can do. On a contracting business, for example, building houses, that type of thing, the option may be to merge with another company. The option may be to expand by hiring a manager, bringing in, you know, creating a team, actually building out much more of a formal company. Um, the answer may be just liquidating the company at the end, planning for, for liquidation value. Uh, the one person I'm talking about, what he's been able to do is actually buy some of the real estate that his company is housed out of. So he's been able to create a long-term income stream or an asset which is related to the business, but it's actually separate from the business. In the case of the photographer with, with that gentleman, uh, first recommendation was to change the name of the company because the name of the company is the personal name. Then from that point, go out and hire other photographers to do the weddings, to do those types of things. The hard part with that is when you're entrenched where you're the one that's been doing that service for so long, People want you. They don't want the number two. Right. So in that case, maybe bringing somebody else in that can be uh, can follow in succession that that can buy out your share over time. You know, something like that. But it's not easy. The, the longer term you have to do it, the easier it becomes. Right. I, I you know I think that that the advice that you're giving us too is is really important because it is you know. Um, if we don't set our businesses up properly, then it can affect us from a tax perspective, a legal perspective, an exit, you know, piece of it. Um, and many of us, you know, again, from a, a health standpoint, you just you just never know. Um, and if your business can't continue without you, then to me, you don't have a business, you have a job. So I think we all really need to go back and kind of take a look at this and see, okay, do we really have a 
a sellable business. And if we don't, we need to reach out to somebody like you um, to, to, to help us with this. Because I think a lot of us, you know, again, we're business owners. We're going to be here forever. Um, and we just, you never know what's going to happen. And for me, again, back to the education component, if somebody is happy making whatever the amount is, it doesn't matter what the amount is, and they realize that their business is a job and not saleable, and they're happy with that, then that's okay. I'm not saying that everybody should scale and grow because obviously there are other issues that come with scaling and growing a business. But what always kind of upsets me is these people that don't realize it's a job. They think they have a saleable asset. They're planning on selling it to retire. And at the end, they find out that their business is really not worth a whole lot of money, if anything. So that's where we come in is try to educate them as early as possible. Yeah, because that usually that's what I run into is people thinking that their business is worth way more than it is. And again, I try to tell people it's only worth what somebody's going to pay you for it. Um, so a quick story on that, a, a gentleman that I'm, I'm friends with several years ago, we were looking at buying his business and I looked at his numbers and I, I said, this particular business is not worth more than several hundred thousand, three, four hundred thousand dollars. And I asked him, what do you want for it? He said, four million dollars. Wow. And I said, four million. I'm, I'm just curious, where did he come up with that number? And I'll never forget. He said, that's what I need to pay my ex-wife and to retire. I said, well, that may be what you need, but that's not what somebody is going to pay you. It's just not the way this this works. Right. Uh, so we've been working together since then to to try to get him much more on track with where he needs to be. Right. So, you know, because you've retired and, you know, and, and you told me before, it's like, you know, basically you retired for a minute and then kind of got back, back into this. What is it about? I'm going to say your new career that really, really gets you going every day. So I've always been involved, well, always for the last 10 years or so, been involved in Vistage groups and peer CEO groups and, and things like that. So I've always enjoyed talking with other business owners, learning from other business owners, sharing ideas with them, you know, those types of things. So the ability now to get up, literally talk to people, work with them, educate them, and see them increase the value of their businesses, the value of their retirements, the quality of their retirements, their family time, things like that. It's just exciting. It's it's fun. It's uh, it, it just really brings, I don't know if you want to call it meaning or purpose, but it makes what you do a lot of fun. I'm not doing it because I need a paycheck at the end of the day. I'm retired. I, I live comfortably, but I really enjoy helping other people to be able to do the same thing. Great. Now, what have I not asked you that you wish I had? Um, how to get started is, is a good one. You know, most people, what they do is they wait until they think that they're ready to exit their business. Uh, I've seen people that they come to me and they say, oh, look, I've got an LOI or letter of intent. Can you help me? And almost always the answer is no. You know, I, I, I can help you with the process, but you really handcuffed me on this. I need to get with you ideally three to five years before. What we find is that most people, when I do engage with them or do start to talk with them, they're actually nowhere near ready to sell the business. So a huge part of what we do when somebody comes is really get them, we go through kind of three phases, but what we call discovery, figuring out where they're at today with the valuations, the financials, all that. Then the second stage is what we would call preparation, which involves de-risking, putting documents in place, 
and really coming up with a plan to grow or build this business to make it attractive and make it ready to be sold. The third stage is what we would call the decision stage. And in that decision stage, that's where somebody decides, okay, now I'm ready. Do I continue to grow the business or do I sell the business? And if the answer is continue to grow, then the plans we put in place for growth are already there. They just keep working it. But at a certain point, if one of what we call the dreaded Ds or the you know divorce death, all those things come up, or they decide they're ready to sell, then they already have a plan to go that direction as well. Okay. <clears throat> so if if somebody likes what they what they're hearing, and I think a lot of business owners are are that are listening to this are like hopefully having that aha moment right now. Um, how can they reach out to you to be able to, you know, talk to you? Sure. Easiest way is just reach me by email, which is John, J-O-H-N, at expigroup.com. Or if they visit our website, expigroup.com, uh, there's a link there to my calendar. Happy to schedule a virtual coffee conversation with anybody just to talk about your situation, what you're in, what your current plans are, and see if there's any way that we uh, are able to to help you out. Great. Now, again, name of your book. Book is The Exit Plan, How to Exit Your Business on Your Price Terms and Timing. It's available on the website. It's also available on Amazon. Uh, if you send me an email, we'll send you one as well. Great. John, I really appreciate your time. I've gotten a lot from this. I'm sure that, that our listeners have also. Um, I really appreciate appreciate what you do. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the, the opportunity. Take care. Thank you. All right, this week our guest was John Greer, who is a certified exit planning advisor. I'll see you guys next week. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>